The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, One on One showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One on One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Thursday, August 6th. 2015. Listeners, please welcome rising gay adult star Austin Keys. Welcome to the show, Austin. Thank you so much for having me on today. You're welcome. I'm glad to have you on. You're certainly a newcomer that uh, has been uh, in a lot of fantastic scenes, and I'm sure the listeners and your fans are dying to get to know a little bit more about you. Absolutely, and I'm here to answer any questions or any concerns that any of my lovely fans have out there. And once again, it is such an honor um, to be on your show tonight. Awesome. Well, let's start off the interview and let's dive in by getting some stats out the way. So let's allow the listeners to get to know some of your physical stats. What's your height and weight? I'm six foot seven, and I'm two twenty-five. Six foot seven, two twenty-five. Yes. That's what's up. Uh, awesome. Keys is a giant. <laughs> Yes, I am a giant. What's your ethnic background? I'm African-American and Italian. Okay, that's what's up. And uh, what's your zodiac sign? I'm an Aquarius. And how old are you? I'm 29. Awesome. So let's get to know the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from, Austin? Well, I'm originally from a small town um, called Zeta, New York. And it literally has a population of, mm, I'd say about forty to 50,000 people altogether. And currently today, I reside in Albany, New York, which coincidentally is the capital of New York State. Very cool. So what was life like growing up for Austin Keys? What were you like as a child, as a teen? Well, as a child, I was always, it was kind of funny in my childhood, actually. Um, I grew up in a single-family, uh, single-parent home, and I was always the kid that was, you know, in the kitchen with mom. Um, I, would, I was the kid that rather would clean the house uh, for mom versus actually going out and, like, playing, like, the normal guy things, you know, baseball and, and football and, and things like that. Um I liked to, by the age of seven years old, I knew how to vacuum. Um, and I developed this obsession with vacuuming. So by the time I got to elementary school, I would get off the school bus and I would literally run home 
so that I could vacuum <laughs> and I could kind of help clean up the house a little bit um, for my mother before she would come home from work because she worked very long hours. Um, as a matter of fact, she worked uh, two jobs. Um, I'm one of three children and I have two other siblings, um, both male. And it's actually kind of ironic because I was born on Valentine's Day. So usually every year on my birthday, I get chocolates and birthday presents, which is totally cool. Um, my oldest sibling was born on Christmas Eve and my younger sibling was born on the 4th of July and we were all born six years apart and we all have the same first, middle and last initial and we're all over six feet tall. <laughs> so yeah, I come from a, a, a land of giants per se. Um, also growing up, I was very creative. Um, I liked to draw, um, by the age of 12, I knew how to sew and make clothes. Um, and I just pretty much had, you know, your, your typical childhood, um, for being from a single, a single parent family. Um, yeah, I was just kind of like, at the same time though, I was also very shy and very quiet, very soft-spoken, um, kind of little, little fella, as per se. And sometimes for fun, <laughs> I would actually sit on my back porch. We had this sun porch um, at our house. And if you couldn't find me, I would be out on the back porch listening to music and dancing around and, and singing. Or I would be in my room and I had this obsession with stuffed animals, right? So I'd be in my room with like a whole bunch of stuffed animals. And we would just have like little parties together. And whatnot. It was just, it was just kind of cute, like so cute. Some of the stuff I used to do as a child, and until this day, um, I saw some of those qualities. I guess you could pretty much describe me as being a gentle giant, per se. Well, there you go. So interesting. So Austin Keys was very much a domestic. Very much domestic. That's I still interesting. Very, yeah, I, I still actually am very domestic in a lot of ways. Um, but it's like I, I've been told that I am domestic, but at the same time, I have a lot of super masculine qualities um, um, to me. So I kind of combine both of those traits, um, both in my personal life and on screen as well. When did you have your growth spurt? Were you always tall or did you just all of a sudden within this, a short amount of time, you know, grow incredibly? Well, I was pretty much always the tallest kid in my class uh, growing up, and I, I used to get actually picked on growing up for being so large. I mean, it, it's kind of funny when you think about it, because how can you be, say, for example, in second grade, and you're being scolded from your teacher for, I don't know, doing something silly like talking during class or whatnot, and when the teacher goes to scold you, they have to look up at you, <laughs> you know, while they're scolding you for, for doing something in school. I just always, now that I'm older, I laugh to myself when I, when I think back to, to some of those moments. And then I would say, um, when I was about, mm, by the age of 12, I really start, I, like, I took off, like, a beanstalk. I mean, I just grew. It was like, you know... Every other, you know, every few months, it was like my feet were growing and and my hands were growing and my clothes were growing and it was just, it was, 
it was crazy, like how fast I actually grew once I got into my adolescent years. I believe it. Good grief, man. So, <laughs> when did Austin first uh, realize his attraction to men? You know, that's a good question. I, I think it was. I always knew. You know, um, being a homosexual male, I, I always knew there was something different. Um, I even as even as a child, it, it, but I didn't understand what it was. Um, because you know, at a, at a young age and a tender age, you know, you're exposed to other other kids, you know, your peers and and whatnot, and it's it's ironic because you know, looking back on it. And you see children today, you know, and, and watch them interact, you know, with each other. It's, I think the other kids, you know, around me knew um, that I was different simply by the fact that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't your typical boy. You know, I wasn't rough. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't tough. I wasn't like, you know, I, I never did really typical boy things, you know, growing up. And I can remember, I'd say maybe by the age of 10, maybe even 11, I was in, in sixth grade at the time. And I was at that age where boys would really start noticing girls for more than just, hey, you know, this is my friend and we're going to play hide and go seek today after school or, you know, or, or whatnot. And I just never really could wrap my mind around the concept of, guys liking girls or wanting to be with girls because I never once had any distinct memory in, in my childhood or even in my teen years of actually looking at a woman and noticing them. You know, to me it was as if they just were a person. You know, there was no chemistry there on a sexual level, like whatsoever. And as far as guys, you know, were concerned, it was during gym class actually, um, in sixth grade. And I was pretty much forced to like get out on the basketball court, you know, because I was the tallest person there, which I'm very good in basketball, by the way. Like really, really, I, I, you know, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I, I actually love to play basketball. And so I, there was this one guy, um, I won't mention his name, but he was like a hunk. Like I really found him to just be like the most gorgeous thing I think I'd ever laid my eyes on. And um, so every gym class, I would get like super excited, you know? And I would think to myself, I have to do a really good job out there, you know, like during practice today or whatnot. And I actually ended up joining the basketball team just so I could be around this kid. And he was muscular, even in the sixth grade, like he was super muscular and you know, average height at the time, he always sat at the front of the class. And I can remember just being in, in the classroom with him and just staring at him, you know, like, with such curiosity, you know. And it, it was like I wanted to, even at that young age, it was like I wanted to kiss him. Like, I, I could, that was the first thought I think you ever had about that particular kid. Like, I just wanted to go up front of the classroom and just make out with him. And the reason why I wanted to make out with him was because I'd seen it on TV. 
not between two men, but between, you know, a man and a woman. And I can remember thinking, I wonder, I wonder what that's like, you know, I wonder what it's like to kiss someone, you know, kiss them on the mouth and do it spontaneously, you know, and, and with like a ton of passion, even though I didn't know the definition of, you know, what passion was at that age between two men. I just, I wanted him so bad, you know, if that makes any sense. And, and I developed a really strong liking towards this kid. And, and, you know, we played basketball together all, all through, um, middle school. Um, and he had no idea, no idea whatsoever at all. Like what I actually thought of him. And he would talk to me, you know, here and there, but not about anything more than either basketball or what was going on at school. I wasn't in his social, his social circle. I wasn't friends with anybody that he was friends with. We didn't hang out after school and, or anything like that. But I would always find myself fantasizing about it. And one day we kept on playing a game of ball during gym and we went into the locker room and I had brought, you know, a change of clothes with me or whatnot to school that day because I had a class directly after. And so I got in the shower in their school and I can remember we happened to get in the shower as well. And I mean, there was other, other guys around us and it was like, we we're all naked, you know? And, um, I didn't notice any other man that was there. Like, it was like as if it was just me and him in that locker room, in that shower together. And this uncontrollable thing started happening to me. Like, I started getting an erection. <laughs> and at that age, it was like, I didn't know what to do with it. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know why this was happening. Like, I had no concept of, like, oh, my God, like, you know, like, this guy is turning me on so much right now. Like, I just want to go over there and, like, just, like, do dirty things with him. You know what I mean? Like, stuff you hear adults talk about or, like, you might catch a glimpse on TV. But it was, like, with another boy, you know what I mean? Not a girl. Like, why am I, like, why is this happening? And I was so embarrassed. And, like, I tried to hide it. But there was no way for me to hide it because I was... You know, I had no clothes or anything on or whatnot. And he didn't see me staring at him, you know, because I was doing it, like, out of the corners of my eye. And I remember that day after school, like, I was actually picked on by a couple of the other kids after that, the following gym class. They were like, ooh, you know, there's a, there's Mr., you know, Mr. Harrison or, or whatever. And, uh, you know, I just got picked on about it because, you know, boys will be boys. And, you know, even they didn't know any better at that, you know, that point in time. And um, I never lived that, that moment down after that. And then shortly after that, I'd go home after school and I would, like, envision this boy, like, getting off the school bus with me and, like, coming back to my house and, like, just having sex with them. And uh, it just kind of developed, you know, more more from there. And, I mean, I wasn't even able to have an orgasm, you know, really at that age. 
And I remember the first time I did have an orgasm, I was thinking of him. You know, and I would always, every time I would see this guy, it was like I would stare at his lips, you know, and I would stare at, like, his ass, and I'd, like, look over at him, like, after seeing him naked, you know, in class. And I would always be so happy when one of my other classmates would be out cycle of the day, for example. And I would always hope that it was somebody that sat like in the front of the classroom so I could sit next to him, you know, and listen to him talk. And like hear his voice. And I would just have these visions of like doing like sexual things with him. You know, even though I didn't understand what any of it was, I just knew that I liked it. And I just knew like I wanted that like really bad from that particular person. Um, yeah, so I would say, you know, as far as knowing what my sexuality was, I was fortunate enough to know at a very young age, um, but still not knowing, oh, okay, like I'm, I must be what they call gay. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm a homosexual. So I lived it like to myself. It was like my own secret. You know what I mean? Like, I just knew I liked boys, and I was never going to tell anyone. I'm sure you did have to tell someone at some point. So, when did you have your coming out moment? I didn't actually come out of the closet until the age of 16. Mm -hmm. Can you share with uh, the listeners your coming out story? Well, actually, coming out for me... Um, was quite difficult because I, when I, you know, growing up as a child and, and with my, my mother working such long hours and whatnot, I, I was brought up in a church, um, because I also had a, a babysitter who was like a mother, you know, a second mother, you know, figure to me until I was of age to be alone, you know, after school and, and not need any looking after. And... I remember going to church and they were, it was like a radical church too. They were pretty much all Baptist. It was an entire community of just really strong Baptist religious doctrine. And I had to go every Sunday with this woman and we'd go to, to service in, in the morning and then directly after morning I'd be in Sunday school and then maybe one night a week the church would get together and they would have an evening service and, and, and whatnot and then people would, would bring food and I listened to hours and hours and hours um, from I'd say 11 through 16 of you know the word of God as they called it and hearing how you know you have to do good and you have to be good and you have to believe and you have to you know God has this, this plan for all of us, and it was really, it was like pumped into me. And I strongly believed in it until one day, and I'll never forget this as long as I shall live. And it happened to be during a Sunday service. The subject of homosexuality came up in church. And it was pretty much, to make a long story short, the message was, well, if you're gay, you're going to hell. You know, if, if you if you like boys, you need to get on your hands and knees and you need to 
to ask God to forgive you, you know, for your sins. Because man is not meant to be with woman, or meant to be with man. Man is meant to be with woman. And it was just so traumatic for me and so hurtful at that age because I was actually one of the, you know, one of the people that believed so strongly, you know, that there had to be something out there stronger than me. You know, there was something out there bigger than me and and in this large, huge, massive world that we live in that there was a God, he created me, and he would always be there for me. And it really turned me off towards church, you know, because you got to really figure, by this time, I'm, I'm, I'm a teenager. And my babysitter, who I had thought so much of, you know, was so adamant, you know, and I would drop little hints, you know, I would, because we, we did spend a lot of time together, you know, and I would drop little hints, like, well, what do they mean by that? You know, why, why do, why do gay people go to, go to hell? You know, quote unquote, as they say. Um, and, and what's wrong with it? And, you know, I would ask all, you know, all these questions. And I think she knew, you know, that it was gay, but didn't want to admit it because underneath it all, she didn't really accept gay people. And I remember, you know, at that time in my life, her having a next door neighbor who was gay, this older man, he was gay. And I used to look at him, you know, not in a homosexual way, but just in such curiosity, like, wow, like, there's one of those people that they keep talking about at my church. You know, there's, you know, there's one of those men that, 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 you know, I heard is, you know, such a bad person. And I really think that I'm just like him, you know, and I can remember, you know, her family would come over and whatnot. And, he would always come up here and there, you know, in the subject of conversation, like her next door neighbor, you know, the, the, the gay guy, you know, and I can just remember he was about the sweetest person I think I, I ever can remember meeting, you know, and he was always funny and, and just liked to cook and, you know, he'd always like bring, you know, bring different kinds of food to her and, and, and they like talk about gardening and, and he was just a nice, you know, all around man. And I was quite fascinated by it. So, you know, getting to the, the point of, of my coming out, I did it literally overnight. Um, I started going down a different path in my life once I officially knew look I'm gay like I'm I'm different like you know I like men like I adore them like I adore the male form okay and I was so afraid to tell my mother I was so afraid to tell my babysitter you know I was so afraid to say you know I even was having thoughts standing up in the middle of church on a Sunday and being like look you know I'm gay, you know, and a few weeks ago, you know, this whole congregation of people was, was saying that gay people are sinners, you know, and to me, you know, what do I do here? Like, do I need to get down on my hands and knees and start praying or am I going to go to hell? It, you know, is it okay for me to still believe in God? Like, you know, what's my mother going to say? What's, is my babysitter still going to love me? Is she still going to be my best friend, you know, is it going to hurt my, like all these crazy thoughts, you know, would, would 
flood my mind like so frequently. And as a result, I started skipping school and I started um, hanging out with all females, essentially. And the first person I told was gay was coincidentally my sixth grade school teacher who ended up getting transferred and getting a different job um, at the high school that I was attending. And I broke down to her one day after school before going home and I says, you know, I says, uh, I said, I'm gay, you know, just like flat out. I just said, I like, I like guys, you know, and it felt so good to just say, I like guys. So my, by this time, my mother's starting to wonder like, what's going on with you? You know, like I hear that like you didn't go to school today and you know, you were late for class and I want to know what's going on. And I remember that my teacher telling me, she's like, you know, I always knew you were, you know, I, I always knew that you were like that, you know, but as your teacher, like it wasn't my place to say, Hey, are you gay? You know? And I respected her so much for it because she, she was like a, a mentor to me. You know, she, she still accepted me. She didn't run back to my mother and tell her that her son was gay and, you know, and, and whatnot. And at that particular point in time, after officially saying it out loud, I thought, well, Hey, I can tell anyone, you know, I can tell the world. Like that felt so good. You know, I remember walking out of school that day and heading home from school and looking up, you know, in the sky and saying to God, like, Hey, like, I hope you still love me. And I hope that you'll always be here for me. Like they used to say in church, you know, I hope this doesn't change the kind of God that you're, you're going to be for me in my life. You know, even at that age, you know, so I eventually told my mother, um, shortly thereafter. And, um, my father, um, was a part of our life, just not physically. Like I'd see him once in a while, you know, he did help my mother out with like things concerning me and my two brothers. And I remember I got caught skipping school one day. And I went home, whatever, thinking, hey, you know, I'm not going there because I can't deal with people looking at me like I'm different and I can't deal with what the kids are saying. I can't deal with being laughed at because of what I'm wearing to school today. You know, and I, I don't, you know, because when you're six feet, seven tall, and at that age, I was still over six feet, you, I always stuck out. Like, even when I didn't want to be noticed, I always stuck out. So... I told my mother because I came home and she was home from work and I was like, Oh my God, you know, I didn't even see the car in the driveway. Like where did she come from? You know? And we got in this huge discussion about, you know, school, me and school. And I told her, I said, mom, I said, I'm gay. You know, I says, I'm gay. And her first words to me were, no, you're not. Are you sure about that? Like, are you 100% sure? And I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I talked to someone at school today about it and I haven't been going to school because, you know, I hate it. Like, I hate how I'm treated when I go there. You know, it's, it's just, I can't, I don't want to deal with it, you know? And my mother, her, her initial reaction was as if she had seen a ghost. You know, it was like, 
from that day going forward, everything changed. You know, the whole entire nature of our relationship totally 100% changed. And her first words to me were, oh, I have to talk to your father about this. I, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Like, I have got to talk to your dad. Like, I can't believe this. So I remember I was supposed to go to school the next morning, you know, and she made me stay home so that my father could come over to our house and have a talk with me. Because growing up as kids, the one thing you never wanted was for dad to come over and have a talk with you. Because if dad was going to come over and have a talk with you, that meant that you weren't doing what you were supposed to be doing. Like, you know, my father was very um, aggressive and very intimidating. Um, very successful, but just in general, very intimidating. And you didn't want to make him mad. Let's just put it that way. So my father shows up. My mother had left for work. I stayed home and waited for him. He comes in my house. He sits down in the living room with me. And he says, so your mother tells me that you're gay. And I says, yeah, I, I am, you know. He goes, oh, well, somebody must have did something to you when you were little. You know, somebody must have touched you inappropriately or, you know, was it one of those kids, you know, that the baby used to be at the babysitter's house or what happened? Like, this is not, you're not gay. Like, you have no idea what you're talking about. And I was so mad at him for, for, for acting the way he was, but I still didn't know what to do, you know, like how to handle it. And he proceeds to tell me that gay people are the reason for AIDS. Those are his words exactly, that us gay men were the reason for the AIDS virus. And that if I was going to be gay, that I really needed to reconsider my life. And at that exact moment, I says, Dad, look. I says, I'm never going to change. Never. Because I know that as, in, as a whole, I love men. I don't just look at them. I love them. Like, I, I admire them. You know, you don't have to be a perfect 10, but I'm going to admire you simply for being a man, you know, and I've always felt that way. And so I go to school, he leaves, we had this big long trial discussion about it. He ends up leaving, I end up going to school later on in the afternoon. When I get home from school, all of my things are on the front porch of our house that we wow. lived in. Yeah, and I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Like, what is going on? Like, I didn't, I didn't know. Like, I didn't see it coming. You know what I mean? Like, I had no idea that, like, here's this woman that my whole life, like, I admired, and mm -hmm. you know, like, thought was like this amazing person. And my father's orders, not even advice, was put them out. And it wasn't even because I was missing school or being crazy. I wasn't doing anything that I shouldn't have been doing other than occasionally I didn't go to school because I didn't want to be harassed, you know? And the times are, are much different now for, for, for teenagers in high school. I think being gay for them is a lot more acceptable, you know? 
but the, she threw me out. Literally threw me out on the street. Literally. <laughs> because I was gay. And the only way that it was to my benefit, if I wanted to live that lifestyle of being gay, then I was no longer on the house. And it didn't come from my mother. It came from my father. And that was the way it had to be. Because they did not want my youngest sibling. They didn't want me to rub off on him, as, as, as it was put to me. They did not want me to influence him in any way concerning being gay or straight. And I can, you know, I can remember thinking to myself, like, holy cow, like, how the hell can you have a child and do that, you know? Um, it just kind of, you know, just kind of was, it was a rough, rough period for me, but I'm here today and I am beautiful and I am an attractive, tall, handsome, fun-loving, easygoing, outspoken, driven, motivated, homosexual male. And I adore anyone who contributes anything at all to the homosexual community and world that we live in. Wow. Austin Keys, what a deep, deep, deep memory and story that you just shared with us. And you know, you've got to continue with what happened after that. So, what happened after that moment when you got kicked out? Well, when I got kicked out, I was fortunate enough to have a girlfriend who was like my one and only friend. You know, I confided in her about about everything. You know, my, my home life and liking boys. And, you know, and we, we went to school. I met her when I was in ninth grade. And we went to school from there through, on up through being seniors. And we developed like a super strong bond. You know, and, and I would go to her house, this is of course before I was kicked out, I would go to her house sometimes after school and whatnot, and we would hang out, and I met her mother, and, and her mother was always very kind to me, and they were just both so bothered, like, by, you know, what what was going on with me, that they always, you know, just kind of opened themselves up to me, and so that day that I was checked out, I, of course, ran to their house, like, literally, like, ran to their house. And I ended up telling them what happened at school and whatnot. And they actually ended up finding a place for me to go because my parents were not going to allow me to live with them. And believe it or not, there was nothing the way the laws are in New York State. There was nothing um, that people could do to make my parents keep me, you know, with them. Um, and if it wasn't for my best friend, I, I don't think I could have. You know, I, I don't think I could have gotten through it. Um, and we're still very, very close friends to this this day. And uh, I actually had met my first boyfriend through her. And he was a lot of my life. Like, literally, you know, first man I'd ever been with, lost my virginity to, first sexual experience. Well, I'm, because I didn't end up having sex until I was about 17, for, you know, the first time. And, um, we had sex with each other and whatnot, and I had met him through her. 
Well, we were together a total of, I want to say, three weeks before we finally, I finally gave in. And, like, we just kind of did the deed, as they say, right? And he was moving, like, away from home because he had gotten accepted into college. And he was moving to Washington, D.C. Well, lo and behold, I finished my senior year of high school. And guess who moved to Washington, D.C. to be with the love of his life? Austin Keys. I sure did. I took $400 out of my savings account because that was like my life savings back in those days. And I took off on a train to go be with the love of my life. <laughs> Pretty crazy story. Pretty crazy. Well, man, it's so unfortunate that your parents had such a negative reaction to it, but it's it's nice to know that you at least had a support system in your life that was there for you uh, in this very difficult time. So, between, I guess, your early 20s and up until prior to entering in the adult industry, what was going on with your life? before entering into the adult industry well i am happy to not to brag but i do have actually my associate's degree in public policy and social welfare so that is an accomplishment that i made um also i recently have been accepted into the state university here in albany for the bachelor's program of social welfare and public policy because i want to get my master's degree in psychology and begin a career in the social welfare field. Um, because I always said, now that I'm older, that if it comes right down to it, there is going to be a day when a young boy or a teenager who has to come out of the closet is going to be in a similar situation. And I'm going to be the person that they're going to come to. And they're going to fall in love with themselves all over again. And I'm going to make them realize that they can take this world on by storm in spite of being gay. Like, that is my lifetime mission. So, outside of that, I also have my cosmetology license as well. And I've been doing hair now for about four years, um, full-time. Um, and that's pretty much, like, what I've been up to prior to getting into the, um, the adult industry. Awesome, man. Congratulations. I'm so excited about uh, you continuing on your education and uh, being a champion for others that were in, uh, or that will be, or that have been in a similar situation as to what you experienced. So, okay, let's talk about this transition, because obviously you were doing things that were nowhere near associated with the adult industry. So, how did you enter the adult, the gay adult entertainment industry? Well, believe it or not, I always knew deep, deep, deep down inside myself that I never, you know, to be honest with you, I never in a million years thought that I would be in the adult industry per se. Um, we all watch porn, you know, and at some point in time or another, we got not to it. Um, not to be too graphic, but. I was actually, I've been, I've been offered through the years so many um, modeling jobs. Like, I, you know, I've sent pictures out and things because everyone that knows me in my immediate circles for years and years and years and years been like, wow, you're really handsome. You're really attractive. Like, you totally, you're so tall. You know, 
you really, really need to get into modeling. Well, you know, where I'm from, there's not a huge, there's not a huge network for that. There's not a huge, you know, outlet for that. And being someone who's not experienced in that, you know, I, I, it was like, well, okay, that's great. Being a model would be all fun, you know, and glamour and everything. But, you know, what's going to happen when you're like 40 years old and, you know, nobody really cares what you look like anymore, you know, um, and whatnot. So it's something I never followed through with, you know, I never really gave it my all or like put that much thought into it. Um, so to make a long story short, I actually had just been on Facebook, um, for example, one night and it was like in the wee hours of the morning. And this man contacted me. And so I'm thinking, okay, this has got to be, you know, this has got to be, this can't be for real. You know, and prior to that, I had maybe three years ago, four years ago now, I had sent some pictures to to a, a quote-unquote scout or the adult industry. And I'm like, well, gee, you know, I wonder if the adult industry, I wonder if that includes, like, just nude modeling, like, or is it all just like what you see in the movies? You know, not because again, I'm from a small town, so not really knowing, you know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm going to send these pictures to this person. This is, I'm talking to, you know, warriors prior to today. So I sent these pictures and, and I didn't hear anything back at all. And I was like, wow, because, you know, the way that they were describing it to me, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, send these pictures in and, and, uh, you know, we'll make you a huge star and like, you'll, you know, we'll make you look really good and, like, we'll fly you out, you know, and all these things to meet all these great people and, and whatnot. And so I sent the pictures and, you know, via, you know, online or whatnot. It turned out that they were, in fact, like, a phony um, scout for the adult, in, adult industry. Well, I didn't know, you know, because this is all so new. It still is also very new to me, you know. And so I was disappointed. And I was like, well, I guess somebody out there that really likes the way I looked and really, really wanted to see me naked got good use out of those pictures. And I hope they have a great time with them. And I just, you know, I just went back on about my, my everyday, you know, nine to five life and never really gave it much thought. And so here we are present day. And I'm on Facebook and this guy contacts me. And he asked me, he goes, we're talking and whatnot. And I'm like, oh, this person seems cool. And they live in California and, you know, seemed like a really sweet, sweet guy. Like we weren't talking around, you know, a dating level or anything. Just talking, you know, as, you know, online friends or not. And he goes to me, his exact words were, you know, this may seem a little bit bizarre. This may seem kind of off topic. But have you ever given any thought to bottling? And I says, well, actually, I says, uh, actually, I have. You know, I says, people have all been telling me my whole life that I could be a model of some sort. And he goes, well, what about, you know, in the adult industry? And I'm like, oh, here we go. We have another, uh, we have another wacko on our hands here. <laughs> you know, who, like, just wants to get in your pants or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'll be talking to him anymore. You know, kind of being a little bit of a or whatnot. And uh, <laughs> so he goes, no, he's like, I'm really serious. You know, he's like, uh, 
I really think you have a look. Like, I really, really think, like, you could do it, you know? And so I told him my experience that I had had, you know, about four years ago. And four years ago when I did it, it was because I was just finishing up my associate's degree. I decided to take a little bit of break from, from college and do the cosmetology um, training, which took me about a year. And I had all this student loans that needed to be paid off and, and whatnot. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I should do it. Like, why not? You know what I mean? And, and, and of course, it didn't come come into fruition. And so he goes, well, I, and I was talking to him about it, you know. He's like, well, do me a favor. He's like, I'm going to send you some information. I want you to look it over. He goes, and then get back to me. So maybe two whole months went by. And I didn't say anything to this man at all, really, except for, hi, how are you? You know, hope you're having a good day, you know, things of that nature, you know. And I'm like, this person, you know, this could be a scam, you know, like, I don't know, you know what I mean? So I go over the paperwork and everything he sends me, and there's like oh, this questionnaire for me to fill out and like certain types of pictures they want. And I'm like, you know what? You're older now. I'm like, you've never done anything like this in your life. I love to have sex. Like, just love, love, love to have sex. And I'm like, I'm going to send these pictures in. And I'm just going to wait. And I'm going to see what happens. And if nothing ever comes out of it, I'm going to be like, wow, I take some really good pictures. You know, just being kind of silly, if you want to say. Well, lo and behold, I send the pictures in. And it's like, whammo. Like, literally in like less than a day. This guy gets back to me. He's like, well, you know, I'm a scout for, you know, for this agency that's based out of Florida. And um, he goes, I used to work for them. He says, and uh, they're very much interested in you. So I'm still apprehensive about it. And I'm like, this can't be real. Like, this is so not happening. This is totally not real, right? And so they ended up contacting me. And they're like, well, we need you to fill out, like, an actual, you know, application. And they gave me a link to go to, and I, I filled out the application. And still, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this, you know? And so, lo and behold, within a month, they offered to fly me out um, to do, or no, no, not my first month, I take that back. They told me of two producers that were in a small town called Poughkeepsie, which is, is, is near me, and that they wanted to do a kind of a test run with me, you know, and uh, would I be interested in going? And they said, you know, the, the pay is, you know, such and such and whatnot. And now still, mind you, in the back of my mind, I'm like, this can't be real, right? <laughs> so I'm like, sure, why not, whatever. So I took the time off from work. Get on a train, and I go. A couple of days prior to getting on the train, the producers contacted me, gave me all the details and whatnot. I'm like, okay, this is really happening. Like, I'm really going to do this. And then they sent me a picture of the two, the two people that I'd be working with, and I'm like, wow, they're really cute. Like, this is really, this is really legitimate stuff here, you know. And I can remember being so nervous, like, when I went to meet these people, you know, the producers and whatnot. I'm like, oh, my God, like, I'm really doing this. Like, it was like, it was like an adventure, you know what I mean? Like, I really looked at it as an adventure, like, you know, like the secret, like, I don't know, lawyer or doctor who's, like, super good looking and, like, 
you know, they work nine to five and like they have the white picket fence and the whole nine and like nobody in their neighborhood in a million years would suspect that like, I don't know, every Friday night they have like wild get togethers at their house or something, you know what I mean? Like this secret society or whatever. And so like, I'm, you know, I'm just thinking of like very lightheartedly like thinking about that. And I'm like, I'm going to do this. Like I'm going to go and like, I'm going to do it. And then when I'm old and gray, and whatnot, you know, and I don't really, I don't even care about sex at all anymore, period. Like, I'm going to look back on it, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I was in my late 20s, and, and you know, maybe even into my 30s, and, like, I did that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can't believe that I, I did something like that. Like, how cool. Like, you know, just like, uh, uh, like a, a crazy story, I guess, if that makes any sense. And um, so I did it. And I did my first scene. And the first day of the shoot, I got there. And now I'm apprehensive. They bring me to this, like, secret location, okay? And they tell me, like, what my assignment is and, like, what role they want me to play and, like, what they want me to do and whatnot. And I'm like, okay, all right. So a couple hours before we start filming, I met the other two models. And we're talking, and they're telling me where they're from and everything. And I'm, like, asking all these questions. Like, if you if you were there, you probably would have died in that. And you would have been, like, does this guy think he's on, like, a job interview for, like, trying to get into a law firm or something? Like, I asked so many questions. It was so funny. I'm, like, so now how does this work? Where does this go? What does this do? Like, why do you want me to do this? You know what I mean? Like, just because, you know, it's been such a, a, a fast, like, total, like, different experience for me you know in the first scene like they had to like direct me literally like direct me like everything i did like do this do this do this do this you know and um at the end of that they still were like well you did a really good job you know and plus i was super attracted to like one of the one of the one of my scene partners like really attracted i'm like he is so hot you know and i'm just like it was weird. The next day, I had to do another scene for them with a couple of different people. And it was like, by the next day, I was okay with that. You know, I just had to think to myself at that particular moment in the back of my mind that it was okay that I was like having sex with someone and I didn't have, like, they didn't have to say goodbye to me. You know what I mean? Or, like, they weren't like, hey, I'm going to come over for coffee tonight. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that it wasn't like that at all. And I, I quickly realized, like, hey, you know something? This is a job. It is a business. It is, for some people, it's a lifelong career. For some people, it's a short-lived career. And for other people, it's like an experiment. You know, you find, I guess you find your place as you go. You know? And... Just do it. Live it up. Like, just have fun with it and just go wherever it takes you, you know, and and be all that you can be, I guess, if that means, you know, that's just kind of how, how I got into it. And within, like, six weeks, I was being, like, booked, like, constantly for, like, so many different things. You know, like, I know sooner we'll turn around and my agent will be like, hey, are you available, you know, the 18th or the 21st to fly here? Are you available to do this, 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 and this, and I'm like, oh my god, they, like, this is so freaking, like, exciting, 
And so I just, I never said no to anything. And I'd say it's been about mm, two months now since I've done anything. Um, but that's essentially because I guess the business is slow right now um, for this time of year. And a couple of the studios that I've worked with, they primarily like, do all of their shooting at certain times of the year um, or whatnot. So in the meantime, I've just been like taking really good care of myself and living my normal life. And that's kind of how I made the transition, you know, into this line of work. And I also guess that I look at it as, you know, I'm earning money for my future and I'm having fun while I'm doing it. And if it turns out that I last long and I become super popular in the industry and in this business, that it's like you're kind of a secret celebrity, you know, in your own sort of way, just for being sexy and having sex, you know. And I had already promised myself before I started doing this that I would not let it interfere with my personal life and that I would never compromise who I was or the quality or the kind of man that I am aspiring to be, you know, as an adult. And it seems to have been working pretty good for me so far. Absolutely, man. I can attest to that. So, overall, how long have you been in the gay adult industry? since um, the beginning of March. So for actually for a very short period of time. Wow, that's less than half a year and you've been doing a lot of uh, work. So major props on that. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's talk about your porn name. How did you come up with your name, Austin Keys? I actually chose Austin Keys because I've actually always wanted to have my real name, as my first name is Austin, and I think that Keys, believe it or not, it reminds me of Florida, Florida Keys, and so I figured the two together is a very sexy, very kind of like cool, and very like, I don't know, just kind of sexy sounding name, because I can remember being like much younger and thinking, I'm going to have my name changed to Austin Keys today. You know, and my friends would be like, why do you, why would you want to call yourself Austin Keys? Like, where, where did you get that from? You know, and ironically, this opportunity presented itself to me, and I'm like, well, hey, that's going to be my name. <laughs> that's, that's, like, that short and sweet. That's how I came up with that name. Very cool. Well, you certainly made a good choice, and it's certainly unique. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it is, too. I, 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 you know, it's very... I mean, Austin, in some ways, can be a common name. You know, but I feel in other ways that it's, it's not a common name. You know, and I, I don't want to be like a, you know, a, an average name. Like, I just want to be, I want to be remembered. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to be remembered. Let's talk about the good and the bad about being on set. When you're on set, what turns you on the most and what turns you off the most? Well, what turns me on most is when, how can I say here? What turns me on the most when I'm on the set and what turns me off? Well, when I'm on the set, I absolutely love the idea 
of being able to be erotic with someone. And every time that I'm on set of a movie and, and working with somebody, I'm very, how can I put this? I look at them as if we're going to have the best sex that two people have ever had in their whole entire life. And I look at the other person and it's, hey, like, you know, this person is, it's like, I don't have to try, you know, like, it's not like I'm getting into, you know, I don't need to practice. I don't need to like, you know, get into character or anything like that. I just think about having sex with this person and I block everything else out that's going on around me, 100%. And I just have sex with them. And I just have sex with them the way I would have sex with somebody that I've known for 10 years. You know, um, because, I don't know, like, it just turns me on. It just, and plus it's like, I'm so, you know, in a lot of ways in my own personal life, I'm so, like, quiet as far as the way I live um, that it's exciting to me to have sex in front of the camera. Very exciting. And I can honestly tell you, like, I think that's what turns me on the most, like, when I'm on set. And as far as what turns me off the most when I'm on set is I don't, because I haven't been doing it for that long, um, I don't like working with somebody who, for example, is, you're going to meet so many different types of personalities, you know, and I think in this line of work. And to me, one personality that is a big turnoff to me is somebody who I would say is kind of putting it out, if that makes any sense. Um, it can be a huge turnoff to me. You know, it's like, you can be the top paid actor in the whole entire world in this line of work. And to me, at the end of the day, it's not significant to me if I don't find, if I don't personally find you physically attractive. You know, personality plays a huge role in it. You know, and it's like if, you're, if you have a great personality and a good attitude about sex and like you're fun about it, cool. If, on the other hand, you're acting like, oh God, I have to have sex again. Like, oh, you know, I'm so tired of doing this, you know? Well, to me, I internalize that. And I look at it as like, that would be like a nurse going to work every day who has 40 patients to take care of and is on a 16-hour shift and she's like, oh, God, I have to make sure this person gets their medicine again? Like, you know, I just gave it to them two hours ago. And it's like, no. Like, to me, that's a huge turnoff. It's like, because if you're going to do something, then do it well. Do you know what I mean? Like, Give it 110%, no matter what. I mean, how much more fun can you possibly have sexually than to do it in front of the camera and know that someday hundreds, maybe even thousands of people are going to see the erotic side of like who you are and like the passion side of like what you're like sexually and and to make sex and like making love kind of into like, you know, a form of art, like a miniature movie in some ways. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's, that's like my turn-ons and my turn-offs. 
I'm, I'm working on a project. Let's break a porn scene down. In a scene, which do you enjoy the most, giving or receiving oral? I would say receiving. In a scene, rimming, which do you enjoy the most, giving or receiving? Giving. In a scene, what's your favorite sexual position, and does it differ from your favorite position off-camera? I would say in a scene, my favorite sexual position is having some, like, my favorite sexual position would be definitely doggy style. Definitely. Like, just going to town on somebody and having them stare back at you while you're doing it. And, like, kind of just grabbing a hold of them and, like, really going at it, like, with the person. And as far as, like, for my personal life sexually, I would say that's one of my favorite positions, but one thing I've always wanted to do on screen and I have yet to do it is to pick somebody up and hold them, like, in the, like, in the air and, like, do it, like, missionary style. So that's something that I love to do in my personal life. And of course, we all know how a scene ends with the pop shot, the cum shot. In a scene, where is your favorite place to shoot your load? I would say definitely in the person's face. And if possible, in the person's mouth. Austin likes to make a mess. Yeah. I love, like, to make a mess. I just think it's so, like, uh, it's like... Having someone witness, like, the amount of, like, sex that you have, like, deep down inside of you. You haven't been in the business for too long, but you have done a bunch of scenes. So, thus far, who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with? I would say so far, too, that definitely comes to mind for me would be my latest partner with Peter Fever, and that would have been Coda Selfie. Um, he was totally not what I expected at all. Um, and we actually formed quite a, a bond with each other, and we are mutual friends um, through Facebook. And of course, I don't talk anything concerning like this on, on my actual personal Facebook page. Um, and who else have I met that I really, really like? So I would say, as far as my favorite, it would have to be mm, Drake. Drake Tyler. He was a good, really, really fun hero. We did a scene together um, for gayroom.com, um, like a POV um, style of a movie. And uh, we had a lot of fun with that. I really, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Those have been my two favorites so far. Who haven't you worked with yet that's on your must-do list? That's on my must-do list. Hmm. That's a very good question. If I could pick one person that I would say was on my must-do list, I would say... Believe it or not, I would say... Shane Frost. Okay. Very interesting. I'm sure you two can make a hot scene. Yeah, I think I could make a very hot scene with them, too. We need to get you with someone short. We need to get you with someone like an Armand Rizzo or something so you can pick him up. 
Yeah, that would be fun, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that look really neat? Like, I actually, I somebody had mentioned them to me um, when I was working with Gay Room um, for the week that I was in San Francisco. And I'm not San Francisco, I'm Vegas. And um, he, I haven't actually seen much of his work. I've just heard that name. Um, so I actually like was like kind of being nosy. I'm like, I, I Google that or whatever. Like, I Google him or whatnot. And um, he seems like he'd be quite sexy. I must say, a very sexy man. There are two power bottoms that are on the shorter side that I think would make a good pairing with you. Armand, as well as there's another one called uh, Trilino, which I think might make an interesting contrast because of uh, both of your height differences. I'll have to keep that in mind. Now, if you don't mind me asking you a question, like, what what is it that... Uh, you could see like between between me and the people that you just mentioned. Well, you're a really good performer, and they're great performers as well. Uh, both of the ones that I mentioned are power bottoms, so they know how to take it, and you know how to give it. And so I think there could be some really good uh, sexual chemistry. I'll have to keep that in mind. Well, you know what my favorite part is too is for some reason, like when I'm giving it to someone. I like that feeling that you get when, like, you make them quiver, like, as a result of you going into them. And I'd love to make, I'd love to make that happen on camera. Speaking of uh, people on camera, since you are a fresh face into the industry, are there any performers or people behind the camera that you look up to in the gay adult industry? So far, the one person that I can honestly say that I thought was the most amazing producer that I've met and to work for and to be given any type of instruction from would be Peter Lee um, from the Peter Fieber um, team. He is so kind and so professional and just so fun and so like easy to work with and easy to talk to and just so sexy. I actually would love to do a scene with him. Love to do a scene with him. Um, I've never told him that though, but I think it would be pretty hot to do a scene with him and have him be like the bottom, definitely. Um, but on to changing the subject. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say Peter, Peter Lee definitely comes to mind just because he's very like together about everything and very clean cut and very just on key about everything. You know, and like he's somebody that you could, for example, like, I don't know, like, go to the gym with or like, you know, go skiing or something like that. Like, he's not just all wrapped up in like, hey, you know, I'm a porn producer and like, that's all I care about. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, Peter Lee is awesome people. We've had him on the station before for an interview. And I'm actually going to be working again for him soon, too. Sounds exciting. Yeah, I am excited about that. I'm very excited about that. Do you watch your own scenes? Do you watch the scenes and the films that you've been in? Or are you someone that tries to avoid watching himself? Well, I've only actually seen one of my scenes. And it's not because I try to avoid it. It's just because I figure that I'm going to see it sooner <laughs> I'm going to see it sooner or later, and I feel like 
after seeing one of my scenes, I'm like, wow, like, wow, Austin, like, good job. You know what I mean? And it's actually kind of like, turns me on sexually, too. But it's in, it's in, in general, though, I don't avoid them. I just don't, you know, I do a scene and then that's the end of it. Like, I don't, I don't sit back and really watch it. Right now, it's time for the big question, a question that I'm sure a lot of your hardcore fans and supporters are dying to know. How much is Austin Keys packing? I am nine and a half inches altogether. We talked about the pop shot earlier in the interview. Do you do anything in particular to make sure that you have a consistent cum load in the scenes? Uh, essentially, no. Believe it or not, because I can come like more than anybody I know. Like, I'm just very, very, very sexual. Austin Keys has always been a shooter. Yes, definitely. <laughs> the only time I tend to, like, have an even, like, bigger load, for example, is, like, if I go for, like, maybe, mm, say, about a week, and, like, I don't masturbate. I do have to admit, since I'm on the air, I, I'm going to uh, share this with my fans. I do masturbate quite often. For those out there that are tuning in and uh, maybe they haven't had the chance to see an Austin Keys scene yet, can you describe your fuck style for them? I'd say my fuck style for them would be <laughs> aggressive. And at the same time, very, very, very passionate. It's like every time I fuck, it's like I want to push myself. Like, I want the person on the receiving end to be like, oh my God, that was the best fuck I have ever had and ever will have for the rest of my life. I definitely take charge definitely i want to move into some serious territory and talk about some of the serious issues in the gay adult industry and since we started off the interview talking about family does your family or your close friends do they know about your career as a porn performer only my best friend knows that's it just my best girlfriend that i have on I had mentioned to you earlier on in the, in the interview, believe it or not. And she's like the type of person that's very liberal. Um, also very, you know, clean cut at the same time. But like to her, you know, it's like, hey, you know, do what you do and do it well. No matter what it is that you do. So, and I think that also... Um, gets back to why at this point in time in my life education is also so very important to me because I'm I am just at that place, you know, and I love doing this and it's like a sexual outlet for me and I don't see myself ever getting tired of it. Um, at the same time. But after doing a scene and after doing a movie, like I wanna have something else to go home to too. So that makes sense. You know, as far as family goes and stuff, no, it's not something that I tell people. Not because I'm embarrassed by it or anything, but with the little bit of a psychology background that I have and from a psychological standpoint of view, I know how small-minded people can be. 
and I think there's a very bad stigma attached to entertainers in the adult industry that's totally unnecessary. Totally unnecessary. I couldn't agree more. What is your opinion on the popularity of bareback porn in the gay adult industry? Well, I think it's very popular. Um, I, myself, before being in the industry, have viewed um, bareback porn. It always turned, has turned me on. Um, but at the same time, I think it's popular. But I don't think, from what I know, from what I actually know about it, I don't think that... How can I say this? To be politically correct here. I don't think that it's something that's going to remain popular. I just, I, I just have this feeling that it's not going to remain popular. Like if I had to try and, and predict the future, which of course I don't have a crystal ball, I would say that maybe right now it's a little bit more popular than necessary. Do you ever see yourself venturing into the world of bareback on film? Mm, that's a good question. Very good question. I would say at this point in my career, no. And I might say maybe at the end of my career just to maybe change it up a little bit or excite my fans a little bit more that I would consider it. But as it stands now, I would say no. Let's talk about romance and the industry. Do you find it difficult to be in a romantic relationship while working in the gay adult industry? Well, currently I'm not. Um, and, and not seeing anyone. Um, I, that's another good question. I would say it could go one of two ways. I would say if you're fortunate enough to have a partner in your life and you guys have a strong enough bond with one another and you really do care deeply for one another that you can be fortunate enough to have a mutual agreement. You know, what you do on them on what you do at work is just work. It's a financial gain. It's a job, you know, and it's also an obligation. And what you do at home is what you do at home. Now, however, I also think that that is much easier said than done. And I think that it would be trying and it could be very difficult in a lot of situations. Well, to take that back, I think in more situations than not, for your everyday run-of-the-mill average man to be okay with their partner having sex, you know, in front of the camera for thousands of people to see, you know, social media to see, you know, like, you know, porn movies can make it around the world, like, in a matter of hours, especially now that so much is done through streaming. You know, it's not like the old days where, like, you went to an adult bookstore and you bought, you know, a porno. You know, and I think that that could be very kind for a relationship. I, I really do. So I would say, you know, it could go either way. As far as I'm concerned, if I was 
say I was going to get married to somebody, for example, and I really, 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 really loved the person, you know, and we're going to get married. And they said, hey, you know, do you think maybe for me that you could do something else? I don't think I'd have to think twice. Even if I was the richest, most successful, most sought after, biggest name porn celebrity. If my partner wanted me not to do it, I wouldn't do it. Let's move away from the serious questions. Let's chat a bit more about you, Austin Keys. How often do you work out, and uh, do you consistently have to watch what you eat, in particular when you know you have a shoot coming up? Well, what I do is I work out four days a week, usually for about an hour and a half, and two out of the four days of the week are strictly cardio, and the other two are strictly strength training. I also do yoga, and I'm also an avid swimmer. And I eat very, 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 very clean. Now, the reason why I do eat very, very clean is because actually, believe it or not, I used to be, prior to getting into this business, about 75 pounds overweight. So, to answer your question, I worked really, 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 really hard to get to where I am now as far as physically goes. And I just kept it that way. Like, just through eating clean and a regular exercise program and my exercise is in some ways like my sanity. So whatever I have going on in my personal life or, or whatever, um, when I go to the gym, it's like, it just all gets locked right at the door and I'm just there and in like pushing myself to the point of like complete exhaustion when I'm exercising is like such a high for me and like such a good feeling for me. And, like, I love it, you know, but I, I just, I really do manage to do four days a week um, for an hour and a half. And that's that's kind of what my secret is to, to my physique. And as far as, like, before the shoot comes up, like, right before going on set, I will do, like, some stretching, you know, and a little bit of meditating. And then I go out there and I do my job. To shave or not to shave? That is the question. And yes, I'm talking about down there as well as just manscaping in general. Hmm. I like both. For me, I'm like semi-smooth. Like, I'm smooth everywhere else but down there. And down there, like, I do do a little bit of manscaping. But not much. In your opinion, what part of your body is the sexiest and why? Part of my body is the sexiest. I would say, hmm, I can only pick one part. I would say my legs, definitely my legs. And I would say, because they're so, like, long, and it's so rare to see a man with super long legs, and it's even more rare to see a man that is got say maybe like a swimmer's build or a swimmer's appearance and has like like a healthy looking leg you know it's like tall guys are very it's very hard I feel when me being tall myself you, like to be proportionate you know you either have like tall men with super skinny legs and like a 
really muscular kind of path or like a really muscular bottom half and kind of like a lanky top half. And like I'm fortunate enough to be really well proportioned and I feel like my legs are, are definitely one of my best features. Um, and I would say even better than my legs are my lips. Definitely my lips. On the flip side of that, in your opinion, what part of your body do you like the least and why? My stomach. And I like my stomach the least because I feel that it is definitely a work in progress. And I'm constantly working on it, trying to improve it, not just for the camera, but for myself. And I want to have that, like, perfect, like, eight-pack stomach. Because I think that is so hot. So, so hot. In your personal life, what is your sexual role? Because we've seen you on camera basically as a top. So is that your role off-camera? Yes. 100%. For those that are tuning in that might be curious to know, will there ever be an Austin Keys bottoming scene? Mm, maybe. Possibly. But I'm not totally, I don't, I don't really, I don't know, like I don't, it's not something, like I'm not opposed to it. Um... But yeah, I'd say maybe. I'd say they, they, could, they could possibly see that. But I definitely, uh, I am definitely in the top all the way. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Austin Keys. Something unique about Austin Keys? Well, I have an amazing, amazing sense of humor. Something quirky about me that I <laughs> and I actually have done this too, is, and I mean, not on a regular basis, but I, I think it's hilarious. Like, sometimes you want to, like, escape from, like, your regular, you know, nine to five life or whatever, right? And so, every once in a while, I'll do, like, crazy little things just to make someone laugh, right? Like, let me give you an example here. Now, I'm six foot seven tall. So it would be like me going into a clothing store with a hidden camera, for example, and walking up to the register with a little boy shirt for, like, say, maybe a two-year-old. And literally keeping a straight face on the whole entire time and asking the cashier, do you think this is too small for me? <laughs> like, literally, like, I know that sounds so corny, but, like, I do crazy stuff like that once in a while. Another thing that's very quirky, <laughs> another thing that's, like, another thing that's very quirky about me is I have a little ritual, like, that I go through every day before I go to bed. Like, and it has to be just that way. Or, like, I don't have a good night's sleep. Like, it's it's very, I'm very, um, I don't know, like, I just like things a certain way. And I just, I do definitely have, uh, definitely have my quirks, but definitely my biggest quirk is, like, my sense of humor. Like, anyone that knows me, they're like, 
you know, where do you, like, where do you come up, where exactly do you come up with these things? Like, I just have this incredible knack of, like, we can be dead serious, like the way we are, like the way you and I are talking right now, and out of nowhere, you'll just hear something, and you'll be like, what it, like, it's just, it's really, you'd have to be here in person to understand. It's just, I definitely have an amazing sense of humor. Describe yourself in ten words or less. Ten words or less. I would say intelligent, sophisticated, classy, determined, sexy, natural, hysterical, and debonair. As we start wrapping things up, I have this list of five pop culture-infused questions that are designed to allow the listeners and your fans to get to know you even better. So the first question in this set is, uh, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Five of my most favorite television shows. Okay. I would say Will and Grace. Definitely, they're no longer on, on the air, but Will and Grace, I literally fell in love with that show from the first day I saw it. I would have to say, what other shows I love? I love HGTV. Like, any program that has to do with home improvement or painting or anything cool like that. And I especially love the House Hunters program, the international one, where they show, like, couples, like, that are hunting their houses, like, in different parts of the world. I also like CSI Miami because it's fascinating to me how, like, they're always trying to, like, crack, like, like a murder from like a psychological and forensic like standpoint. I definitely would have to say that I also like hmm, what are the two shows that I like? Let me think if I can think of a reality show that I like. Hmm, the Kardashians. I think they're kind of cool, even though we all know that they're famous for like virtually nothing. Um for some reason I just seem to get into their program it's just like one of those guilty pleasures I guess and definitely definitely even though I'm on air I must admit that I do have a soft spot in my heart for the Golden Girls which is we all know a sitcom of like 50 years ago but I laugh every single freaking time I watch that program who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Four of my all-time favorite music artists. I would have to say, hmm, that's a good question. There's so many to choose from. Let's see here. I'd have to say Jimi Hendrix. Turner, Pink, and Van Halen. What are three of your most favorite films? Three of my most favorite films, I would have to say, would be definitely The Birdcage. I think it's hysterically funny. Um, I would have to say. Back Mountain and 
American cipher. What are two foods you can't live without? I'd have to say cheesecake and strawberries. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? One of my guilty pleasures is jerking off in the morning in the shower. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> What's next for Austin Keys? What can the listeners and your fans anticipate from you in the near future? Well, September 9th to 13th, I will be um, back in Las Vegas filming for Peter Heber. And I do believe there are a couple of studios that are asking uh, my agency right now um, about booking me. I actually haven't heard yet. I should be hearing something this week um, concerning that. But as it's set in stone right now, definitely I will be uh, working with Peter Heber again here in September. And you can also expect to see more of me on Twitter. And I think I'm going to be starting a blog, too, as well, um, just to kind of keep more in more closer contact with my fan base, because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be able to do this. And to me, like, my fans are everything. Um, my fans mean a lot to me, definitely. Speaking of your fans, how can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, social networking, all the goodies? Well, my fans can reach me at AustinKeysXX on Twitter. Uh, you can also reach me through my email at jh40849 at gmail.com. And any questions, any any comments, any um, you know, any thoughts that you want to share, feel free to do so, and I will definitely respond. And anything more, yeah, I'm going to leave up to you as far as the fans are concerned. Well, Austin, this does bring us to the end of our interview, your first ever radio interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in right now? I would like to say that I thank you all so very much for tuning in tonight and giving me a little piece of your time to share a little bit about who I am as a performer and as a person. And I hope that you enjoy my movies and I hope that you find as much enjoyment out of watching me perform as I do performing for you. Well, Austin, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview. No problem. And thank you so very, very much for having me on tonight. You're welcome. And the door's open for more whenever you want to come back and update the listeners and your fans on what you've been up to. Uh, we'll definitely have you back on for a brand new interview. All right. That sounds great. Thank you so very much. You're welcome. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One-on-One -on -one with Poppy Chulo. Tune in for brand new episodes of One-on-One -on -one with Poppy Chulo every Wednesday and Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. You can download this episode and many more by visiting poppychuloradio.com forward slash archives. Registered users will gain access to the Poppy Chulo Radio archives of previously aired broadcasts. And with that, Austin Keys and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night. Thanks for listening to One-on-One -on -One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, 
Email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com or leave us a voicemail at 305-515-8620. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio and like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.